Welcome to the Sublime Human Experience. I'm the host, Jesse Fiddler, and within these episodes with guests and solo episodes, you're welcomed into a little bit of more of my thought processes and the deeper conversations that I wish were a lot more normalized, where we get a little bit more raw, a little bit more real, and a little bit more honest. And diving into these, it's ultimately to bring you back to the remembering that you have all the power within you to do the healing, to do the work, to create the life you want. Because I do believe we are here to thrive, not just survive. So let's get into it. I am usually a pretty open book, so let's just get into the get into the fun stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's why I like. So even after our other conversation, I feel like there's so much to to yeah. actually dive into. So I want to just start with. Um, Diane, I guess your story, I was creeping your stuff right before this. Cause I was like, we got to chat. I know a bit about you. I know what I seen, but I was like, now I want to like investigate Love and there it. Was one story that I feel like defines where you're at now. And it was, you were talking about, you had anxiety, you were in and out of therapy, you had medications, and then you kind of went into like the fitness journey and all of that. And then it led you to where you hired your own health and life coach and kind of just changed your life. So what, I'd love you to talk a bit about that and kind of what that breaking point for you was where you realized none of these things are actually solving the problem that you're looking for. And they were almost like band-aids to the solution. And then where, yeah, your kind of journey led to where you're at now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I think there is so much there's so many moments where like I had my breaking point and I was like, gosh, this can't be it. Like, I remember thinking like, I'm so young. I have so much more of life to live. Um, so I feel like this is just not, there's no way that this is the end solution. Cause it's like going to therapy for like 10 plus years. I was always in and out of therapy from like middle school on. Um, and I was put on medication freshman year of high school. So like ever since I was a young adults there was so many doctors and professionals being like this is the way you're gonna live like this is just who you are and you know when a medical professional tells a young kid that it really makes your identity be that mental illness like this is who you are there's no strain for it like this is how you were born and so that really kind of gave me a discouraged feeling, but, you know, it was, I was very accepting in the moment. I was like, okay, well, this is what I have to do. There's not really much I can do about it. Um, mm-hmm. until I met my partner and I still had all of these like emotional issues come up. I was angry all the time. I would like had like large bursts of like mood swings. And I was like, gosh, like I'm going to therapy. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, taking my meds. And still, I'm not feeling better. So it's like, why? What is happening? Where is the disconnect? And so that's kind of how I turned towards Instagram. I was like, well, therapy's not helping me, so let's kind of go in this direction. Um, so I never really knew like what coaching was. I didn't know that there were people who did this for a living. Um, back when I was looking at it, it was around let's say like seven years ago. Coaching was definitely not as prominent as it is now. Um, but I ended up finding someone who lived very close to me and she was a therapist, but was transitioning into becoming a coach. And so for me, that felt very safe. Like, you know, she's still a trained professional, you know, all of those biases that I have around coaches and how can a stranger help me heal. And 
I think it's hilarious that that's kind of how I started off because I mean, little did I know that was what changed my life. That changed the way I sat with my relationship to my body and my nervous system, my health. And I found that when I got my autoimmune, it was another tipping point of the medical, the Western medical system is not working the way it claims it's going to work. Right. And I think that's where my biggest issue with it was it claimed to do all of these things. It claims to fix you. It claims to make you feel better. It claims to give you a solution, but in reality, it's not a solution. It's very much a temporary quick fix um, that I think is slightly dismissive to the strength and the power that we already hold inherently as human beings. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's huge how, cause I had this similar thing and we briefly talked about where in how you had said they were just kind of like, this is what you have to deal with. Take these medications, take this and this. And it is so disheartening, but it's cause it seems easy to get caught in like, well, the disease is me and there's no other route other than through this one way that's being portrayed versus, I don't yeah. know. I feel like you're like me where it's like, okay, hey, if this isn't working, I got to figure this out myself then. It's not as easy. Did you have any resistance around that? Like, cause I found myself when you realize the system that you're supposed to be is helping you and healing you only seems like a band aid. There's kind of that part where it's like, okay, hey, everything I've now been told is now dismantling. Was there any like resistance or struggle or how was that part for you? Cause I think that's the biggest thing is, then what is true and how do I actually know better for myself and where do I even start? It's overwhelm and it's like so much. So how was that little part for you where you almost took it into your own hands? Like, I know you said you led to Instagram, but I'm sure there was a little bit more like turmoil versus just being like, I'll find it here. Absolutely. A thousand percent. And I think it happened in two phases. Like one was that mental health side of things of, you know, there's more to your feelings and your emotions than you have anxiety, you have depression, right? There's so much more to that. And so that was kind of like that first phase. And then I think the biggest like wake up call for me was my autoimmune and learning about food and like how food impacts me. I was super deep in the fitness. <laughs> I was super deep in the fitness industry. And I was super fit. I had muscles. I was lifting. And I was like, this is the definition of health, you know? And meanwhile, I was eating like Sour Patch Kids and drinking Coke and, you know, just like so much um, processed food that I was consuming. And I didn't understand how micronutrients play such a large part in my health. And so when I started to wake up to the fact that the food that I've been told by my doctors is okay to consume is what is actually hurting me, not only in my autoimmune, but in my mental health as well. Like, you know, and gut health was something that I didn't know existed. And I don't think a lot of people do if they're in that Western medical care of scope, scope of care. And so like, gosh, it's so crazy to think like how many I mean, I felt like the world was crashing, like when I found out about everything. And this was like right in the beginning of COVID, like, like 2019, 2020. And so really like in the middle of a pandemic to have this awakening, I was questioning my existence. Like that existential crisis was, 
so real for me. And it's like, I always laughed at people who like would talk about having ex. I'm like, that's so silly. Like, like how, what's the point of like not knowing, knowing whatever. But now during that time, it was like, what is real and what is fake? Like our politics. And that was really when in America, politics were so crazy. Like the whole Trump and, you know, like there was just so many things going on with the divide that, I think it was, and I came from a very liberal background. I went to art school. I was very, very uh, kind of immersed in that world. And so when everything around you gets questioned, it's a mindfuck. Like it really is. And I don't know how I would have gotten through that if I didn't have people around me to mentor me and guide me through kind of those, oh my God, what am I doing with my life kind of moments. Yeah, totally. And here's the word I use that all the time, literally a mind fuck. When it's like, then what? Now what? Kind of just that, that huge wake up call. So you mentioned the people around you. Before you invested in a coach, was there anything you did? Or were you just around really like safe people where you could kind of express those? Or was it you invested in something and took that massive leap? or? I think it definitely started with my partner. When I met my partner, um, I was very liberal, like I mentioned, and he was very not. Um, So, you know, it was super jarring to me to meet somebody who was so different from me in terms of the political beliefs that they held. But being able to really fall in love with somebody who had totally different beliefs than me at the time showed me that there must be more and also showed me like you're not being open-minded because I was so dismissive to people who had different beliefs specifically people who sided on like the republican right-wing kind of that side which is crazy because I think if I were to um, categorize myself politically I definitely land more on the right now Um, I mean politics is like a whole thing that I can get into but (laughs) Um, I think having him be in my corner and just to be accepted, like, it doesn't matter if you're liberal, it doesn't matter if you're this, like, I will accept you as who you are. And who you are is more than what you categorize yourself into. And that came back to the Western medical system, like questioning everything about myself made me understand I am a much more complex and beautiful human being than we as a public are giving ourselves credit for. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of what encouraged me to feel comfortable investing in people who ultimately did have very different beliefs than I did at the time. Like I mm-hmm. was not into the whole green juice wellness. Like that thought that was silly. It was like a waste of time, too much effort. Like why, why do I do those things if I can live this way and be more comfortable perceived comfort right um and so that's kind of how that pathway went (laughs) yeah it's interesting because almost through it all it's like a big light on just almost the awakening of there's not just one way whether it's in like the relationship and realizing or even the medical system and I felt that of as soon as it's pushed one way and there's no other way it leads us to if we don't want to be comfortable or don't feel so right with that to like question be like is there another way Maybe I'm not being so open-minded, which I think in just in this little conversation, I think is such a huge spot is like, 
when you're in kind of a corner and you only feel like one way, maybe there's another way and to kind of like let that be the way because that opened up a whole other journey for you into just almost being more open to all ways and then taking what fits from some and not from others. Like I know we kind of talked about trying different health things, but then always being ultimately open to switching if it's no longer serving you versus yeah. almost fucking embodied with it. Like just mm. being able to fit it and have that, that contrast, which it seems like what's kind of led you to the journey of taking from things what works and then finding other ways and outsourcing what's not quite working which yeah yeah, all kind of so yeah that's beautiful (laughs) like just yeah your journey and how that's kind of leading to because that seems Mm -hmm. like where you're at now is not almost having it's a one-way type of stance especially through social media it's let's find the best way for you here's my ways as well but being so open is almost been what's allowed you to kind of create what it seems like you're doing online oh absolutely I think you know I was very stubborn growing up and I was the type of person where it's like I'm not going to change my mind because this is who I am like making that declaration of this is who I am and I will never change and it was almost um this comfort right in knowing that I will always come back to who this person this avatar is but it's I think you said it perfectly of like shedding the expectations of doing it one specific way. It's really like letting go of that dog- dogma that we aspire mm-hmm. to follow. Because um, ultimately it makes us feel safe. Our nervous system feels safe when there are a set of rules and we follow those rules and then you'll be on your way. Right. And that's very much yeah. this traditional approach to schooling and education for children now is here are a set of rules. You ask us when to go to the bathroom. And, you know, I was a teacher originally for my career. And so that's where a lot of kind of thrashing was met was not everything I do is going to work for you. And why would it, right? Like it's silly for us to expect that cookie cutter ways of healing is going to work when all of us are so different in so many different areas of our life. And so being able to take an approach, not only with my clients, but really with my, my healing as well, has allowed me to ebb and flow and really accept myself, all of who I am, and to give more room for evolving and for change and for like changing my mind, like being able to commit to a practice and also say, mm, I don't think that's for me anymore. And to give myself like radical acceptance within that space, I think was so liberating, especially coming from such a structured and rule-based way of living, I guess. Yeah, which is interesting. We can feel constrained in those limits of like that spot, but it's also, we can also want to like break out of it like it's comfort but also there's that like desire when it's no longer quite as comfortable as you want it or it's more comfortable and you realize you want to break out of it you're like okay hey, i gotta go a different a different way and kind of do something yeah. different yeah and i think you know that's where social media is really tricky um because we get niched down into like an identity right like oh i am a crunchy holistic like all of those labels that we put And sure, like, it's great to find your people through that, but how much room are we giving for unconditional love and acceptance towards ourselves? Like, 
I will have a Coke and some a burger and fries, probably soaked in seed oils when I'm on a road trip. Am I going to shame myself for that versus am I going to love myself because I'm human and we live in a world where that food is readily available? And so I think that's kind of the approach I really like to take in my work and in my coaching practice in my life. Like, how can we show ourselves unconditional love to all of the parts of who we are? Because that is what makes us us. Um, Yeah, I think I think that's such a huge point now. A question for that, because then I feel we get caught in that so much now where it's, oh, well, I love myself, so I'm going to have the cheat weekends. And where is the boundary between where it's actually self-love and it's an excuse because it's easier to say it's self-love versus this is my comfort right now. And is there yeah. those moments when you help clients differentiate that between like, there is self-love and then there's acceptance and there's also... <laughs> Yeah, you just don't want to say you're cheating yourself and you're it's self-love instead. Is there somewhere when you found that balance within yourself? Because it's easy. I find that's like an easy thing for people to, it's easier to see in others than it is in yourself. But was there times when you (laughs) ran into that and were like, almost have to be real with yourself where you're like, no, I'm doing this based off feeling, not by what's actually self-love. Sure. I mean, yeah, I think that's, I would be lying if I, didn't if I said that you know I never had those thoughts even now like there's no yeah. I don't think there's like an end time where I won't have the working part through how do you move yourself through that sure <laughs> yeah I mean I think uh I think it's a, a combination of a lot of things one being honesty right like how much do you trust yourself it's a question I ask my clients a lot like do you actually trust that you are going to wake up tomorrow morning and do the thing you told yourself you're going to do? It starts with those little things that you tell yourself you're going to do. And it's like, yeah, I don't do everything I tell myself I'm going to do. Like, that's just not human. And how much of that percentage impacts the trust and the relationship that you have with yourself? Because it's like, self-love is always self-discipline, right? Something I like to say is like, you showing up for yourself is a way of self-love and so like how can we tune into listening to what your body is telling you listening to what your heart is telling you and ultimately having unconditional acceptance within all of those fields but it's like playing this little dance of like when you first dance with a stranger you don't really know how they're gonna go you don't really trust the way they move And then the more you dance with them, the more you understand like the little nudges and communication and the little Mm -hmm. messages that get sent. And it's like, oh, okay, I now can perceive what messages are going to come towards me. So I'm going to act upon that. And so that's kind of like, I love to describe it as a dance because there are going to be some days where you don't trust yourself. You don't listen. Maybe you cave into those like, you know, moments. And then there's going to be other moments where it just flows and it goes well and it feels very nourishing. And like within all of those moments, finding acceptance and radical honesty with yourself in a way that's not shameful. I think we tend to divert to shame very naturally and intuitively because that's what we've been conditioned and modeled to do um, as children. And so I think that's kind of that big conversation. So you know, a lot of clients ask me questions like, what can I do? Like, give me the steps. And I was like, well, (laughs) there aren't really any steps specifically. Like I can give you ways to regulate your nervous system and all of these things, but 
how, how can we foster a relationship that you have with yourself? Um, cause a lot of the times we look outwards. How can I change this relationship with my partner? How can I change the relationship with my friends? Well, it's like, okay, well, how is the relationship that you have with yourself looking like and feeling like in your body? Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. that's such a huge point. It's something I feel like I've been getting to more recently in that realization of it is a dance. Cause in my mm -hmm. perfectionism, I'm like, if I'm not always trusting myself, then I don't at all. Like it's almost, it had to be one or the other versus mm -hmm. that dance knowing that it's always going to sway, but to not judge yourself on these days and to not hold yourself to the standard on the good days. And yeah. I think that's, way you put it of that that dance I love that because I think that's huge to assume that it gets to a point where it just doesn't come up anymore it's just discipline's yeah. always fear is never there and that's and that's not the case and I think almost we need to be reminded of that so many times especially from people who are say showing themselves in different ways and that's when we even chatted the other day when I was like I don't know you just kind of brought up that like fear's still there you just do it and I'm like Right. Okay. So even people who are really doing it still have that. And it's so easy to forget, even though you do yeah. the work, it's just yeah. almost a reminder of like, it's never really easy, but it's always that dance. I love that. Who yeah. are some people that you've really looked up to in your journey of like coming into these? I know you've mentioned like your coach that you've had, but who are like some yeah. books, podcasts, or people that have inspired you into the mindset of learning these things and being able to take it into your life. Definitely. I mean, um, gosh, the, I mean, the main person that I am thinking about are the two people I work with. Um, one of them, her name is Gabby Ortega and she is now a somatic coach. And mm. the other person is Alexis Sabatino. And she really does a lot of like, she, I believe refers herself to a rewilding doula. And I think that is just so spicy and beautiful. Um, and I think that's where a lot of like my spiritual work came in. But in terms of authors, uh, I mean, Ram Dass like blew my mind when I first read his work. And I felt I never felt like someone could speak to my soul um, mm. like he did. And it, it's funny that I even say that because I didn't even believe like what souls were when I first started this journey of, I just want to be less anxious. I don't want to yell at my partner, like out of pocket. <laughs> and, you know, like I want to just like be able to control my emotions. And that journey led me to, we are all spiritual beings having a human experience and not the other way around. Um, obviously like Dr. Joe Dispenza, like his work is great. Um, Dr. Gabor Mate, like a lot of these um, revolutionary, you know, industry breaking people that show mm -hmm. what is possible for the human psyche and how we can meet our human brains where they are. Um, oh, another role model that I have just absolutely adored is Dr. Kelly Brogan. She probably mm -hmm. changed my life with her books and her podcasts. She's most known for um, her podcast with Joe Rogan, but she's had a lot of other books and amazing programs. And I think it was a very safe role model for me to follow because she was originally a doctor. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I think, I believe she graduated from Columbia Med School. And so it's like, 
very like I trust you right like again following that dogma of you're a doctor so I trust you and seeing her chat about you know psychiatry she was originally a psychiatrist for pregnant women and so like being you know she calls science and the medical system a religion it's like a cult it's like scientism and I think that is a lot of where I was going in that direction of yeah the medical system is a religion it's an organized religion where a a large group of people follow one system of thought that harms a lot of other people and gaslights a lot of people um and so those are kind of the ones I have in mind like that are top of mind um but for anyone who's interested in holistic healing I highly recommend her work yeah I think it's so interesting in the times we're in now of social media because I'm assuming lots of those you either found through social media or podcasts and it's oh yeah there's so much information and it seems like when we get into the right set of people we're going down the rabbit holes on we can really gain a lot of information that puts the power back in our hands or we can find a lot of things that almost is just stealing our energy and it's just we're consuming and it's such a tough thing but it's it's crazy because then there's people like that who are able to share that message on those things, which is huge. And for people, like you said yourself, to relate to that are really through the education system. So it's really easy and comfortable to believe if they have a certain title or a PhD that they are credible to talk about everything and that you should just believe it, just trust. And right. I think that's for so many people right now where it's it's really hard to kind of break from that because then there's like that dismantling piece we've talked about where it's like, okay, but Mm -hmm. then to find ones where, say her, she is a doctor, so she has that credibility and this as well. And she can bring that light to the contrast of like, there can be more, which I think is huge. Myself, I wasn't, like I was never much of a fan of education. I didn't go to post-secondary. I did because it seemed like what to, or I, applied but seemed like what to do so I got out of that like that step-by-step following kind of people's beliefs and stuff so much sooner but I see that so much in conversation of people where it's that's it's just a really tear between of like everything they've ever known to what else is out there so I love that there is yeah people like that who can really speak to people who obviously can resonate more with their story Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it comes back to like, putting our trust, like we have been conditioned so much as a society, specifically women, but society too, is putting our trust into other people and having them tell us what to do with our bodies, telling them what to believe about what is possible for our bodies, right? I mean, there were countless times where I've had doctors and professionals tell me like, you know, this is just who you are this is your anxiety like healing is not a thing like you just there's something wrong with your brain that's how you were born so you have to take these meds and yeah. it's just like awful I think that um so many young women kids young kids specifically are being told this with no sort of responsibility and that really impairs people's perceptions to be able to heal or the possibility to heal Oh, completely. I heard on a podcast and they talked about the placebo effect, but the nocebo effect. And the mm-hmm. nocebo effect is like where doctors are like, 
this will never heal. This won't be the same. You need this. And it is just as powerful in our mind to think we can never without this one thing. And it's so oh, disheartening yes. because it takes so long. Like I had a neck injury and they're like, your neck will never be the same. And I'm like, I'm sure there's somewhat truth because it is muscle and stuff, but not even putting a slight possibility of you can heal and right. feel again just right. almost strips even the hope to want to try. And I feel like it's, like you said, with mm -hmm. no, no like backlash on that. They have no responsibility really when they just say things, nothing can come back. And it's, that's what sucks with it is. It's so easy to believe into that and then feel helpless and just- Oh, 100%. Especially with health, and it like it's so yeah. so powerful. And I don't think there's anything being talked about that of like giving people hope. Because then I switched doctors, and she's yeah. like, "I believe everybody can heal," and I'm like, "Okay, now I believe this more." Because then again, there's yeah. that profession behind it, but she has a different outlook. So it's crazy. How there's still right. that, but you're just like they yeah. know more, and there's that yeah. power, which is crazy. Absolutely. I think, you know, I love that you brought up the nocebo effects because I think, you know, when I talk about getting off of antidepressants and I don't encourage mm -hmm. antidepressant use, obviously I'm not a medical professional, so I can't diagnose people or all of those things. But, you know, from yeah. personal experience, it was not helpful. And then, you know, studying the literature behind it, there are no studies showing that antidepressants help any more than telling someone you're taking an antidepressant and giving them a sugar pill, right? And then it's like, you can also, you know, there are so many studies showing people taking sugar pills, thinking they're taking an antidepressant, and then telling them it's a sugar pill, and then them getting depressed or getting anxious. And it's like, you were fine before, so it's, and you weren't taking anything before. So it's purely the way we perceive and obviously our mind is so powerful. And a lot of the work I do is within like not shaming or hating yourself for thinking in that way, right? Cause we're, oh, and then we get to, we learn all this information and then we get to this point of why, why am I thinking this way? Like, do I want myself to be sick? Like what's wrong with yeah. me? And it's like, well, no, like your brain is so intelligent and it wants you to survive. And this is how it knows how to survive. It survived before doing these steps and these actions and these beliefs and so it makes sense that it's still wanting to stick with that now when you are actively trying to change the way you think yeah yeah the mind is extremely tricky in that way which now i want to yeah. ask you because i found through my experience i did a lot of the mind work first it was personal development it was reading changing the thoughts but then i got to a point where i was still showing up in the same ways and now it's in the body my body hasn't worked mm -hmm. through it. And that leads to mm -hmm. what I feel like is so huge nowadays and so freaking thankful for it, somatic work. So how would you describe somatic work? So I know that's a huge part in what you offer to people and a huge part in what you do. And so how would you describe somatic work to say someone who wouldn't know what it is? Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of the somatic work is centered around understanding your body's messages and deciphering mm -hmm. them and, you know, when you spend your whole life being told what to do and being told how to act and what to eat and all of these things and what to believe about your body, we get so disconnected from yeah. being in our bodies. You know, I think the first time I heard like settle into your body, like in a yoga class, it's like, what the hell does this lady mean? Like, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> like settle into my body. Like I'm in my body. 
Um, and so it's okay, like, what do you mean? <laughs> right. Like, Oh, I don't get it. And so it's yeah. like, I think being able to access these parts of who we are, because so much of our energy is stored in our bodies. How can we dispel that through somatic work, through honoring? And I think, you know, definition nowadays with somatic work is focused heavily on, you know, what practices can you do to get out, get this emotion out of your body? And I think that's a very important part of it. But I think the other half of it is how can you become more intimate with the body and your own messages that come up and like recognizing like what color is that emotion where does it sit in your body what texture is it and it's like giving it this life form because it's so abstract our emotions are so abstract it's I find it very helpful when introducing people to somatic work of what color is it and you know I always get those like high achieving clients who are like is there a right color? Like, is there a right color I should be saying? And it's like, well, no, that's, that's where that trust component comes in of, you know, how can you trust yourself that you know, inherently what color that emotion is, where it sits in your body. Um, and when people have self-abandoned their emotions for a very long time, that connect is very difficult to come back to. Not impossible ever. Nothing's ever impossible. But it, there is a lot of resistance in that beginning, um, which is where I hear a lot of people say, like, this isn't for me or the somatic work's not working. Um, and again, like ebbs and flows with everything, right? Just as nature, just as, you know, our, our human being, um, the way we function. And so I think somatic work is a game changer, especially nowadays with so many people talking about it on social media. Yeah, and just getting that out there. That's interesting. I've never heard, I guess, that form of looking at it. It's always like, hey, sure. whatever thing, emotion can't be destroyed. It can only be moved through, but not that understanding it more. I like that idea because it's almost getting mm -hmm. to know a part of yourself like more intimately. I really like mm -hmm. that way you said that because then when we know it, it's easier to not shame it so much because then it's just a exactly. color or a texture. It's something that's not yeah really shameful i really really like that way of actually looking at it i'm so glad yeah i think like it helped me a lot understand like i would give it names i would give it like a character like i imagine like blobs in my body and they're not trying to hurt you like they're just trying to survive as well and so like meeting yourself in that kind of lens rather than oh my gosh, I feel angry. I want to get rid of this emotion. Like, what can I do quickly to get rid of it? Right. And so that's kind of, um, I find that being very helpful for myself as well. Yeah. And kind of come yeah. into that. So for that, for, I guess, like yourself, if something comes up, it's more or less kind of sitting in that somatic practice to notice it versus just shaking or doing whatever to rid it it's actually like taking some time with it almost yeah definitely I think you know mm. there are depending on like what I'm feeling if I am feeling super there comes a point in your body where you can't logically think anymore and sit with those feelings during those mm. moments you know shaking your body screaming into a pillow any sort of like catharsis you know yeah. happening is really great to get yourself out of that loop. But once you're out, I find that many people are like, okay, time to distract myself. Let's like go out, go on my phone, whatever it is. And it's like, 
well, let's sit with like the remnants of those feelings that we just shook out because they're there for a reason. They're trying to tell you something for a reason. Um, yeah. And how can we expect to grow from that or even just come closer to that if we don't know exactly why it's there? And that's a lot of like that subconscious reprogramming work that I do with my clients because it's not just nervous system work. We're pairing the two together because, yes, our body needs to release, but our mind also needs to create new uh, neural pathways in order to create new ways of thinking. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Because kind of like what you brought up to me beforehand of like with pain or anything or like experience, like why is this coming mm-hmm. up? It's something else. And just that moment to sit and wonder where and what this means or why it's there. Right. Like giving it space versus being like, yeah, well, this is here. Glad we got through it. Like, I feel like myself, I need to do that more because I'm good at taking that space. But then I'm also just as quick to write after than being mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't feel this. Let's get to work now that it's moved on. But not like, why did this initially come up right now? Because it's right. But almost that's needed to get to the root of it to see where that's coming up. I think that's huge. That's so interesting. Yeah, I think it's this kind of play, play like curiosity that I like to frame it as because it's very easy to slip into why are you doing this? Why is it like this? Like, I need the answers now. Like, I found myself, like, in that phase a lot in the beginning. And now it's very much like, you know, I really like to imagine talking to my younger self. And I know people say that all the time. But like, when I say talk to your younger self, I mean, visualize her right across from you and have a conversation. Like, I will do baby talk to myself. And it's like, people think I'm crazy, but it works. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) and those would be questions you'd ask, like, you're not going to ask a younger self to explain their feelings, because there's no words to put for it. But if you ask a color, they're going to be able to say a color in that almost if still matters like you don't need that thorough long explanation because that almost brings our mind back into wanting to explain it or rationalize it or something simply just seeing it as as what it is but yeah I think that's huge the inner child stuff because it is talked about but it's yeah like like you said just literally talking to them like an inner child because it's essentially what we are in adult bodies we're all just 100% (laughs) Yeah. So that leads me, you kind of said in there of like going back to the root. And I know that's something huge we've talked about or, and yeah. even on your page stuff is going back to the root. Like you've tried the things through your own personal experience and observing of like, there's a lot of band-aids out there that just want to like cover mm-hmm. things up, but not really get to it. And that only gets us so far. So for yourself, what, what are some of those things like somatic practices? What are some other things that you feel like you do that are to help you heal your root and like get to the, the bottom of it. Yeah, I, definitely. Um, you know, I think there's a huge part of it is the way I show up for myself and the way the kind of thoughts that I have in my headspace. And that seems very like reductive, I guess, um, in, in the sense of like, yeah, just think certain things and you'll feel better. But it's like, okay, well, how how honest can I be with myself? And I mean, like, the truths that I don't even want to say to myself, to myself. Like, how can I ex- excavate those 
Because I remember there being a time, and especially in the beginning, of I was so good at lying to myself. Um, you know, I would date somebody. I knew that they weren't good for me, but I would lie to myself saying, like, I, they're fine. Like, I can, I can be with them. And that comes from seeking emotional safety in your nervous system. And so I think that the two biggest components that I always like to tell people is understand how your nervous system works. Polyvagal theory is huge, understanding the different states of like trauma responses, being able to move through those trauma responses. It's not about always being regulated, but it's about experiencing chaos and bringing yourself back down in a regulated state. And then so I think that has really helped with the root because when you let all the lies go away and they fade and you're just left with yourself nobody is going to come save you. Like that is the biggest thing is like, nobody is going to come save you. Nobody's going to tell you to do the work. Only you can do it. And like, when you make that decision, it's up to you. Like, and you, and then you change your mind, you don't make that decision, your body, your mind, how you feel is going to reflect that. And so like, I'm sure you can relate to this, but we're both in our twenties and like, I don't feel the need to go out and party and do all of these things, not because people who do that are wrong, but because I very much prioritize my peace and healing the root comes back to honoring my nervous system and honoring the way I want to live versus the way I should live. You know, living in LA, it's very easy to go to parties, go to bars, go to, there's an event every single day in LA. And so, like, Mm -hmm. I remember first getting into, like, the wellness space and thinking, gosh, like, I need to do all of these things and go get sea moss and, you know, like, go get some algae and buy all of these, like, wellness things. And I think, you know, holistic living and wellness comes down to who you are and how you treat yourself and the relationship that you have um, with your emotions and with your body and with your vessel and all of those things. Yeah. And just back to that, because it's you can almost do the same with holistics of like you said, like get the green juices, get this, all of that and get caught into the the external versus what actually makes me feel good and safe and calm. And you may not even know what that is at the beginning because lots of us don't. So we actually can't realize our body isn't in that or that it can be different. Do you feel like for yourself, because I always wonder that, because myself, I'm like, some people aren't into, like you said, like crunchy lifestyle, like where it's just, we live different and we're young and some people are like, you're young, that's too much to worry about, have fun. But it's that switch where it was like, I was so uncomfortable in this that I had to switch, but my health did that. So was that, I guess, the biggest wake up call to be like, even though I'm okay, and this is normal how I feel, it's not okay for me. Was it like that health just being unbearable where you had to switch? Because I feel some people are, they know about it and they're like, oh, this sounds nice, but they don't have enough discomfort where they're at right now to actually want to change. Oh, absolutely. I think you said that perfectly. Like not having enough discomfort um, breeds a certain type of human being, right? Like they say that it's like discomfort breeds a strong human being. And I think it's not, um, we're not striving for being comfortable all the time. We're striving for being confident in navigating the discomfort, right? And so 
my breaking point, I think there was, it's funny now that I reflect back on it because I was very fixated on having kids when I was in college. Like I wanted to be a young mother and I was very set on that. Um, and when I met my partner and a lot of like my anger issues came up, my anxiety, like I couldn't go to the grocery store without panicking. Mm. I was like, this is not, I am not going to be a good mother if I am in this state. Like I was so sensitive to everything and I'm still sensitive now, but in a very different intentional way. But back yeah. then it was very dis- debilitating and that was kind of the first like step. And then the next one was probably the autoimmune. And it was like kind of like these steps that accumulated and I, I hit a point of this is not working for me. And I have been lied about, lied to about this my whole life. And so it's like the combination of, yeah, my health was terrible and what I have been told has not been true. And I've always been big on, I want to know everything that's going on. Like just in situations, like I'm just a very curious person. And so when I found out all of these things about gut health and nervous system and, you know, like what big pharma does and food and media and how it's all connected, it's just like, you go down the rabbit hole and I definitely had a couple months where I was like, am I going to become a conspiracy theorist? Like, I don't know what's happening to me. Um, Cause that's what it's really, a lot of it's chalked up to now in mainstream media is, Oh, that's crazy. Like you're wild for thinking that. Yeah. And yeah, just so out there. Oh, that's interesting. Cause once I find you go down that rabbit hole and if you're curious about truth, like you said, that's the biggest thing. Like, I want to just know more. And I feel like that exact thing is where I went down that same rabbit hole is because I'm like, once I know something's true, there's no going back. Once I hear what's say, once I heard the pesticides and stuff on our food, I can't not eat unwashed fruit where before I didn't know, like, it's just once it's in there, I'm like, there's no going back, but it almost was that. Yeah. It was so tough. So there's only one way to go. And if it's figuring it out myself, that'll, (laughs) that'll be the yeah, I remember, like, looking up an article. I was trying to figure out, like, where to get, like, more vitamin K in my diet. And I looked it up, and there was, like, a Harvard medical article that came up, and I clicked on it. And the number one recommendation was seed oils. Like, there's a lot of vitamin K in seed oils. and I Or in canola oil, that specifically. And I remember thinking, like, in our heads, that dogma, right? Harvard Medical School, a doctor wrote this, it's Harvard. And then I was just like, oh, it just shattered. Like every perspective and thing I've been told about the universe has was just like absolutely broken. It's like, okay, well, this is the tip of the iceberg. How much have we been told differently than what the truth is, right? And so I think it turned into this journey of being a truth seeker. And I think that's kind of where I categorize myself a lot into nowadays is what is the truth like yeah so do you think because we've talked about like yeah once it kind of dismantled that's such a wake-up call yeah and it almost were you doing the work to heal your body and feel safe in it enough to where that came at the same time so you could actually hold the information and not just crawl back in and almost be ignorant to it like it seems like if you don't have that safety in your body it's easier to be ignorant to it and be like what I don't know doesn't affect me like I'd rather not know because then that's kind of scary 
Oh, so did that come at the same time for you where that's where you felt the safety to dive in is because you were doing the work? Yeah, I mean, that's such a great question because there was definitely like a back and forth happening of like, I remember yeah. following all these holistic accounts. Um, which one was the one? Carnivore Aurelius, Aurelius. or something. Yeah, yeah, I remember following, I think it's a man that runs an account. I think I remember following him and... I unfollowed and followed him maybe like 10 times, probably more, because it was so yeah. triggering for me. I'm like, no, don't tell me all of that. Like, don't tell me that. Effort. Don't tell me I'm doing something wrong, right? We, I think yeah. we get so much in, this is the right way. Like, this is my way and my way is the right way. And so I was definitely back and forth of following them, wanting to know the information, because again, that truth seeker curiosity in me. And then the other yeah. half is like, oh my gosh, I'm doing everything wrong. And again, it took me into that shame spiral. And that's why I talk so much about de-shaming our emotions because the shame ate me up. Like you were very spot on of like, it didn't feel safe in my own body. My existence didn't feel safe. But ultimately I think what overarched all of that experience was everything is working out the way it's supposed to everything is happening because there it needs to be happening even at the worst you know and I've heard a lot of people tell me that growing up um I was very um I was I grew up with a lot of things happening to me that really should never happen to children um and so when I hear people say everything happens because you're supposed to learn something from it it felt very triggering it felt like you are telling me that I'm choosing to experience the abuse that I did because I'm supposed to learn something from it. And I think that's where a lot of people get not stuck in their feelings, but kind of absorbed by their own emotions and their experiences, which like definitely makes sense because what they went through is really difficult um, and it's awful and nobody should go through those things. And what are we going to do with the emotions we already carry? Like, yes, I can feel sorry for myself and be in that victim mindset because I was a real victim for a long time in my childhood. Um, And that's kind of that transitional phase of coming out of victim consciousness and coming into being a truth speaker, being a freedom fighter, like all of those kind of like um, archetypes that we hold now in like the holistic community. Yeah. Oh, that is, yeah, so powerful just kind of hear through through that, but almost like kind of the steps that you've taken and the journey it was and how it unraveled. And it's also not just ever over with, but kind of the the dance of it all. I think there's yeah. so much in that. And so, I don't know, so relatable as well. So I want to, I'm curious, because I feel it's easy and myself, I'm always like inquisitive. So I listen to these and then I'll try to like take anything Timbits. But if there was like, I guess, actually I wanna ask you this first, what are some of your daily practices? And then if you could recommend anybody start anywhere of their journey, what would that be? But yeah, start with some of like, what are two practices that you kind of continuously come back to daily or can help ground yourself in? Definitely. The first one is definitely like, mindfulness and I say mindfulness rather than meditation because I was not able to meditate the first time I sat down like I had extreme complex trauma and like there was no uh, capacity for me to meditate and so mindfulness was very easy for me to understand of you are cooking 
only focus on cooking. You're focusing on the food you're touching. You're focusing on the smell. You're focusing on the ground beneath you. And so mindfulness is a practice that I feel like that's such a like boring practice to say because everyone talks about it. But it's so important because it's how can we understand to be in the present? What we are experiencing mm-hmm. right now is all in the present. Everything else is in our minds, right? The past, the future, the what ifs, everything is outside of us. And so like coming back to mindfulness, meditation, breath work, all kind of fall under that category. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second one I would really say is cold exposure. Cold exposure has helped me quite a bit in a multitude of ways. Um, one being it acts as a nervous system reset. Um, I first started with like cold water in a bowl and like dunking my face in it. Um, and now moving more into like cold plunge, cold shower, you know, all of those good things. Um, and I think I find that's very helpful for training your nervous system and training your mind to show yourself that everything in your body is telling you to stop and your mind can overpower those kind of responses that you get from your body. Um, and so those are the two practices I always um, have in my routine in some way or another. Yeah. And then it almost sounds like as well, those would, would those be some that you would actually recommend for someone starting off too is, is that mindfulness? I also like how you did, like you did mention that it's, it sounds almost cheesy because it's always said as mindfulness, but the way you broken it down, because I feel it's always talked about meditation and there's, it's almost easy to procrastinate meditation and think you need a certain routine, but it's almost, if you could be mindful three times a day, that's almost better than if you get a 10 minute meditation in. What are you actually getting from? So I think that's huge to bring that in of like, how can you be where you are? And yeah, because for some people, yeah. that's where you start if you do struggle to, yeah, just sit and meditate. Oh, absolutely. You know, when I first started, I struggled really, I mean, a lot. It didn't feel like it was possible for me. And when we start to think that, we get mm-hmm. into our minds again. Um, I literally would set up alarms on my phone, like every two to three hours, just random alarms, and it would come up and say, be where your feet are. And like, it would just be a reminder. And like, I needed that physical reminder to say, hey, you need to be mindful for one minute. And doing that like 10 times a day, it leads, it adds up to 10 minutes of meditation and mindfulness. And so like, I always tell my clients, like, let's set yourself up with some wins. Let's show your brain that you can do this before we try to jump to like doing a 30 minute Kundalini like meditation, right? Like that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. The alarm thing. I had done that for a time as well. It, it was more, I think it was, how are you feeling? Or like, where are you feeling at so far to kind of yeah. like check in the day? Cause it's easy to have our emotions run the day. But I love that of just that reminder of like being here. Cause even those three I had would always help me, but the, the mm-hmm. reminder to just be there and to just mm-hmm. take that minute is so much, so much yeah. more impactful. Yeah. You can't sit down yeah. for however. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like a 30 minute meditation is like, great, like, cool, I can do that and not feel super resistant towards it. And so I think my biggest thing is like, when I and I know everybody says this is like, I did not think I would ever be able to be where I am today. And so when I share my story and do the work I do with my clients, it's like, if I can do it, you can do it. Like I came from a background of no spirituality, 
constant anxiety, chronically depressed, to now of like, I feel very at peace with the parts of myself that I may have despised a couple years ago. And so it's mm-hmm. just, it's not, you don't need to love every single part of yourself. But I think you can also be neutral about the parts of yourself that we may judge or shame. Yeah. 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 And there's, yeah, so much power in just that, not being overrun by those things. Yeah, where there is so much yeah. shame. That's yeah. huge. So I, yeah, I got so much from this. I'm feeling lit up and I'm like, oh, just inspired to like, I don't know, the power is back in the hands, which yeah. is like the main yeah. thing. And I feel like that's so much that I've seen with your stuff as well. And mm-hmm. just the message that I want to spread with people because as soon as we realize the power's in our hands it's like okay game on almost like it becomes fun Absolutely. and you're the creator and it's that's as I mm-hmm. feel it should be or at least for people to experience because it is a lot easier or I guess a lot lighter and just living in like that everything's out to get me or like there's no change um but I did have a few last questions because I feel like through this it's always easy to be like Diane's got it figured out. She's a coach. She's killing it. And it's like, there's so much truth in that. And also there's so much of another side that we just don't show as often. Oh, absolutely. Where is a spot in your life that you're feeling really, really good right now? And in contrast, where is a spot that you're feeling a lot of resistance and struggle towards right now? Mm, I love that question. Um, A place I'm feeling really good right now is being okay with where I'm at, like that that neutrality point of, you know, I used to always shame myself for not journaling every morning. Oh my gosh, you didn't do your meditation, whole plunge, movement and journaling all in one morning. Like, why didn't you do that? You're not, you know, being as spiritual as you should be to now where I feel very good about like, I don't really want to journal today. And that's okay. And honoring my humanness within that, that's where I'm feeling really good. And I'm really proud of like the amount of, or the lack of judgment that is happening in my headspace. Uh, And then on the other end of that, you know, I'm feeling a lot of resistance towards uh, body image. I think body image has been something I've been moving around and, you know, coming from someone who wanted to compete in bikini competitions to, trying to be very accepting and appreciative of my body. And so like, how can I like move through diet culture plus honoring like my body's innate need to be fit and healthy and honoring like the foods that I'm eating. And so there's definitely some resistance in that. Um, That's very difficult. And I think it's something that a lot of women especially go through um, with all the social media things that we see online. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. Cause it is, mm. I don't know, it's easy to assume, well, you got it all going this way and you feel good, but then how, and it almost, you discount the good because of that, but it's, Definitely. I don't know, through hearing that that's not at all how it has to be. And as though there is mm. so much truth in both, it can still be held with, you may not be feeling great, but it's, it's still accepted and it's being worked through and you're not shaming yourself in other areas because you feel that way, which I think is huge for people to see and hear through through this. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah. Is there anything else that's on your 
part that you would love to share? I know you got some coaching stuff coming out, which I'm excited about to actually see that launch. And, and I think yeah. you today, like the day that we're recording. So yeah, if there's anything you want to share where people can find you, like I'll have everything linked, but if there's awesome. any last message you want to say or anything you want to talk about your coaching and just kind of spread yeah. that little. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, I think my biggest message always is trust yourself and give yourself the power um, that you've given all these people around you um, of your life and of your body. Like you hold so much power and don't let anyone strip that away from you. Um, even if it feels wildly uncomfortable <laughs> to accept the fact that you may hold that power. Um, a lot of the work I do with my clients and my coaching programs is centered around bringing back your power. And that looks from a variety of things of healing your autoimmune, getting your period back to normal, and ultimately feeling like you have this intimate relationship with yourself, shedding all of the conditioning that we have received in order to survive and really rebirthing into this um, version of you that has always been there beneath all of the pain and the wound and the programming. And so you can follow me on Instagram, Dane Wellness, D-A-I-N Wellness. Um, you can DM me, I'm always on there. So if you ever have questions, reach out. I don't force you into sales calls. So just message me and it's total, it'll be a total casual conversation. Um, and so, yeah, thank you so much for this conversation. I really appreciated talk, chatting with you. Yeah. And thank you. I think there's so much to get from this and just having more of these conversations. It's, it's totally different, but it also makes me even not feel alone with just different paths. We go down oh, different God. beliefs, open-mindedness. So I'm really excited yeah. to share this with, with others and yeah, have people be able to connect with you and everything you're doing. Cause I've loved it in the time that I've been following you and being able to connect and actually have more of like a friendship through the calls we've had and chat. Yeah. So I appreciate all of this and everything that you're putting out there. So thank you for making this time work today. Oh my God. Thank you. I appreciate you and just your humanness. 